Hello, this is your host, Adam Graham. Tomorrow, our new podcast, The Old Time Radio Snack Wagon, which premieres tomorrow, we're providing you a sneak peek today so that you can get an idea what the new podcast is about and if it's something you'd be interested in subscribing to. I've been thinking about and planning this for about a year, and I hope you enjoy it. It's definitely a different sort of old-time radio podcast, and if you like what you hear, I encourage you to subscribe at snackwagon.net. Now, without any further ado, here is the first episode of the Old-Time Radio Snack Wagon. Excuse me, are you Adam Graham? The very same, and this is my Old-Time Radio Snack Wagon. Welcome to the Old Time Radio Snack Wagon, where we serve up a bite-sized portion of Old Time Radio. And now, here's your Snack Wagon host, Adam Graham. And welcome to the Old Time Radio Snack Wagon. This is the start of a new podcast. Here we will focus on shorter bits of Old Time Radio across a variety of genres. I'll talk a little bit more about the type of programs that we're going to feature, but I don't want to go too long before I serve up this week's old-time radio snack. There were few performers as well-loved or well-respected in Hollywood's golden age than Jimmy Stewart, and I wanted to start out with some of his work, and we'll be playing an episode of Voice of the Army. Voice of the Army was one of many syndicated public service radio programs that aired during radio's golden age. Probably the most famous of these was Guest Star, which was produced to encourage listeners to buy savings bonds. Voice of the Army was put out for U.S. Army recruitment. And again, it was syndicated and so could appear across a wide variety of different stations throughout the United States. Today's program originally aired April the 13th of 1949, and the title is The Flying Dutchman. And now, The Flying Dutchman, starring Jimmy Stewart. From Hollywood, California, the U.S. Army and the U.S. Air Force bring you a story. A strange story, made stranger because it is true and because of fateful coincidence. Our Air Force C-47 airplane in this story was named the Flying Dutchman because of her pilot's Dutch-American parentage. She was named without thought of the fabled Dutch mariner who must roam the seven seas till Judgment Day. Yet her story carries an amazing parallel. Our narrator is the eminent star of screen and radio, Jimmy Stewart. This transcribed feature is another in the series of The Voice of the Army. And now, Jimmy Stewart. Hello, everybody. Well, this is one of those stories that has become legend. The story is true. Whether the legend is or not, well, that's for you to decide. Many people believe in it, and perhaps without realizing it, you do too. 
This was told to me by a veteran of the South Pacific. And these are his words. I first learned this story as I sat in the operations hut of a troop carrier outfit on the island of New Guinea. It was in June 1943. We were waiting for the weather to lift before continuing on our journey to the Australian mainland for supplies. It was raining, as only it can rain in tropical Pacific. Sergeant Kerensky, the operations clerk, and I had been talking when suddenly he paused. Listening, and then he said, Do you hear that? Hear that ship? Yes. Yes, Sergeant, I do. What? that a Jap? No, not Jap. The warning net hasn't flashed an alert. Well, one of ours, then, huh? Well, uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess you could say it's one of ours. But it's one airplane the control tower won't have to clear a runway for. Well, what do you mean, Sergeant? You, you mean it's not based here? That's right, sir. Not here or... Anywhere else. For a moment, I thought Sergeant Kerensky was kidding me. But the expression on his face and the sound of the airplane that couldn't be seen convinced me of his sincerity. And he told me that in November of the previous year, his outfit was based at Seven Mile Strip, just outside Port Moresby, New Guinea. And their C-47s were kept busy providing airlift to the infantry across the Owen Stanley mountain range. It was a, a routine job for the pilots, but a tough, dangerous trip, believe me. This mountain range, running down the center of New Guinea, sometimes reaches a height of 14,000 feet. It, it's so rugged that it formed the main barrier to the Japanese advance on Australia. Well, our pilots crossed these mountains by using a natural cleft in the range known as Kokoda Trail. Yeah, it's a mighty small bridge in the vastness of the Owen Stanley Mountains and a mighty hard one to find in a sudden tropical rainstorm. Hey, Chum, what's with the trip today? A little rugged out there, don't you agree? Yeah, but what's rain with you guys? You've done it before. What do you want, stateside weather? Okay, we'll fly it. What are we hauling? This is a big day for you. You and that uh, flying Dutchman airplane. Today you've got a bunch of infantrymen to deliver in Buna. Oh, yeah, big day. Over these mountains to a landing strip that isn't there. What are you talking about? Buna Strip is darn near as big as the landing strip at Randolph Field. <laughs> Get with it, boy. Get with it. Okay, what time's takeoff? Well, the chief wants you to wait till 1,300 hours in hopes that the muck will clear away. Oh, this stuff won't clear. But I'll check back later, Junior. Hey, do that, driver. You and that uh, crew chief of yours get out there and implore the moisture away. Honest, that's, that's the way these people in the Air Force talk. And, and confidentially, you know, that's what makes it so great. That's what makes it big enough for a legend like this. 
Everybody works together, and it really works. Why, the, the airplane that you see overhead today isn't flying solely because of the guy at the controls. Sure, he has something to do with it, but, but so have a lot of other guys. Guys like the sergeant who crewed the Flying Dutchman. He loved that ship. He pampered it. He believed in it. He babied it. He, why, he, he wrote a poem about it. And it's it. Well, I, I'll, I'll tell you about that later. Okay, Junior, where's the manifest? Ready and waiting, Lieutenant. Mm-hmm. And every replacement on it is badly needed in the campaign over there. But, uh, look, do you, uh, you really mean you're going to take off in weather like this? Sure. These men from the 32nd Division are lonesome. Just got to see their buddies, so I'm homing on that bonus strip. Well, buddy, you just home on this seven-mile strip and we'll all be happy. Ah, oh, don't worry, Junior. Papa will carry the mails. Just keep the coffee warm. Be seeing you. Hey, Lieutenant. Yeah? I've already taken your co-pilot and crew chief out to the ship. You want a ride? Yeah, I sure do. Thanks, Jake. Beats walking on a day like this. Uh, here you're carrying a load of Buna today. Yeah. Infantrymen from the 32nd Division. Well, it's a mighty rugged day for a flight over the Owen Stanley Mountains. <laughs> it makes me glad I'm just a jeep jockey with four wheels on the ground. Ah, the Dutchman will make it all right. We've been over Kokoda Trail so often we can almost fly it blindfolded. Yeah, well, with rain like this, you might just as well be blindfolded. Well, here you are, sir. You're right. A good ship flying Dutchman. Good luck, Lieutenant. Thanks, Jake. Be seeing you. There's the old Kokoda Trail. Across the Owen Stanley Range. And the stories told about it are many and are strange, but the one that teases memory and the one that we'll relate is about the Flying Dutchman and the day she met her fate. It was the 10th day of November in the year of 42 when she revved up for takeoff in a sky that wasn't blue. For the heavens, gray and sullen, thick with heavy thundercloud, had loosed on earth their waters, hid the sunlight like a shroud. Uh, Army 3714 to Tower. Standing by for takeoff instructions. Uh, Tower to Army 3714... You are cleared for immediate takeoff. Uh, Army 3714, Roger, out. Okay, boys, this is it. Half hour out of Moresby and the worst of the thunderstorm. Oh, boy, Jack, this is the worst yet. Haven't seen a checkpoint since takeoff. According to time, we must be close to Kokoda. Chief, 
The, uh, the oil pressure is gone on the port engine. Yeah, cut port switches, feather port prop. I'll never be able to keep her up in this storm. I have to try a crash landing. Oh, in these mountains. Those kids in back will stand a better chance hitting the silk. So will you, Jack. Well, I'll stick with you, Chief. Okay. Hand me the intercom, Mike. Pilot to crew. Prepare to abandon ship. Passengers first. Jack, you better take a look in back and see everyone gets away safely. Right, Chief. Well, uh, can you handle her alone? Yeah, for a while. Let me know when they're all clear. Roger. Everyone out safely, Chief. I watch their shoots blossom. They'll be all right. Good. All right, fasten your seatbelt. Maybe we can get the old girl down in one piece. land. She lies to rot away, airborne, nevermore again. Yet there are some who say, and lose on earth their reign, the good ship flying Dutchman cruises through the skies again. The natives swear they've heard the sound of her motor's mighty roar high above the old Kokoda Trail where she once flew proud before. That her pilot's hand still guides her through the rain-swept tropic sky from the airport in Valhalla where the brave can never die. And true this legend may well be, for I've heard the sound in air during sudden tropic rainstorm of a plane that wasn't there. And perhaps the flying Dutchman and her pilot proudly sail somewhere through God's heaven, high above Kokoda's prayer. Well, that's the story and the legend. The story is true. Now, whether the legend is or not, that's that's for you to decide. The man that told me the story, he believes it. And I I kinda believe it too. Thank you, Jimmy Stewart, for your excellent narration of a little known legend of our Air Force. Well, it was a great pleasure for me to appear before your voice of the Army audience. And now, a few words to you former members of the United States Air Force, especially you men who were crew chiefs, mechanics, maintenance men, or radio operators. Your Air Force needs you now, for today, the United States Air Force is a power for peace. Today, in keeping with its coming of age as the nation's first line of defense, the United States Air Force 
is carrying out several important assignments, such as Operation Vittles, the Berlin Airlift. We need qualified men, and we are prepared to enlist such qualified men in a grade equal to their individual ability and experience. So see your local U.S. Army and U.S. Air Force recruiting sergeant today. And remember, air power is peace power. The Flying Dutchman was brought to you by the U.S. Army and the U.S. Air Force in cooperation with this station and starred Jimmy Stewart. Also featured in the cast were Sam Edwards, Jeff Chandler, Don Orek, and Bill Martell. Music was by Eddie Dunstetter. Voice of the Army thanks Jimmy Stewart for appearing on this program, which was written by Staff Sergeant Martin Lemon and was directed by Major Hugh K. Murray. This is Rye Billsbury speaking. This transcribed program has been another in the series of The Voice of the Army. Welcome back. Jimmy Stewart telling a story of the U.S. Army Air Corps It was a natural choice. Stewart had been the first Hollywood actor to enlist and received his commission in the Army Air Corps based on him having graduated college and holding a commercial pilot's license. Despite attempts to keep him at home, he pushed for service overseas and flew B-24 Liberators and was decorated for his service, leaving active duty as a colonel and continuing to serve in the Air Force Reserves until 1968. Having uh, Jimmy Stewart and Jeff Chandler in the same radio program is interesting as they would be linked in a film that would come out the next year, Broken Arrow. It was a Western that Stewart starred in, but Jeff Chandler would receive an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor, and that would be a star-making role for him. Today's episode was service-related, but not all of the programs that were sponsored for recruitment were. I mean, if you only sponsored uh, service-related dramas, you're pretty much speaking to the choir in terms of anyone who you could get to enlist. These series tended to play a variety of programs to draw listeners who might not have military recruitment on their mind. And so you'll hear a lot of light dramas and comedies on many of these programs. And it's worth noting that there were so many military recruitment programs. There were shows like the New National Guard program, Proudly We Hail, and The Adventures of Babe Ruth. As radio shifted away from drama towards being more music-based, the armed forces sponsored all sorts of military programs in their drive to find recruits. The Army had, among its offerings, Country Style USA and Serenade in Blue, while the Reserves had the cleverly named Reserve for You. The Navy had Navy Country Hoedown and Navy Swings, among its recruitment offerings. And there are so many more. 
Now, you might reasonably wonder, is every single episode of the Old Time Radio Snack Wagon going to feature one of these sort of programs? And the answer is no, not at all. Our aim here is to feature a variety of different programs to give people a taste of all that old-time radio has to offer. I think that even people who have an idea of the existence of old-time radio programs tend to have a sort of narrow view of what was produced. And there are so many little treasures, little gems out there that are intriguing and entertaining. So you're going to hear a bit of everything on this podcast. We will play more public service programs eventually. But we'll also bring you comedies. We'll play dramas. Our focus will mostly be on things that are self-contained. We're not going to play the 26-part serial Green Valley Line or something like that. We'll play programs about sports and animals. And we're not just going to play these sort of rare series. We'll also play excerpts from programs, as you'll hear next week. And this is also a series where your contributions are welcome. There are tens of thousands of hours of old-time radio out there, and no one can possibly listen to it all. So if you've heard a segment, or if there's uh, some short series out there that you think is worth Uh, our attention, then please email me, and I'll take a look at it. You want to check snackwagon.net for guidelines and the type of shows that we will consider. I'll also try to keep the commentary section shorter, but I wanted to take a little extra time the first time I drove the snack wagon out to explain this series and what we're going to be doing, and I hope you'll be part of it. It's time for me to close up the old snack wagon. But don't worry, we'll be back with another serving of old-time radio goodness before you know it. If you want to enjoy some of our longer-form podcasts, you can feast away at my website at greatdetectives.net. Your emails are also welcome at adam at snackwagon.net. The old-time radio snack wagon comes to you from Boise, Idaho. Your host is Adam Graham. Sound production is by Rhines Media, LLC. You can listen to past episodes of the Old Time Radio Snack Wagon as well as connect on social media at our website at snackwagon.net. Email suggestions for episodes to adam at snackwagon.net. This has been the Old Time Radio Snack Wagon. Until next time, goodbye.